Happy National Garden Month, everyone. This is Liz, and here's what we're growing in the Popping Collars feed for April 2022. It's our own Popping Collars Farmer's Market this month, as Betsy, Greg, Ricardo, and I are sharing our favorite genres of pop culture with our first ever pop swap. Hear what we assigned each other to watch and what we really think about each other's pop culture taste. We're loading up the pickup and hitting the road on a new episode of The Canon as our esteemed panel draft their favorite road trip movies. Betsy and Greg will need some extra pesticide on this month's Going on 30 when they discuss the Warren Beatty and Annette Bening classic, Bugsy. Finally, Dan Jocelyn Simatowski and Greg bring in a huge harvest 108 years in the making when they discuss the relationship between marriage and the World Series win for the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Thanks for listening and remember to give your plants lots of water, sunlight, and popping collars pods to keep their leaves green, their fruit ripe, and their collars popped. to the sacred six sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode that's where the show steps in i'm your host greg knight with me is my special guest dan joslin simitowski dan you're still here i haven't gotten rid of you yet yeah keep me in coach i'm ready to do another one (laughs) this month we're chatting about the sacrament of marriage by going in the way back machine to november 2nd November 2016, when the Chicago Cubs finally won the World Series again. Before we get started, Dan, any thoughts on November baseball? It's weird, right? It it just doesn't feel right. You know, Mm. baseball needs to end in October. Lots of these teams are northern city teams. And I just think the, the cold weather really just becomes this wild card factor for Pitchers, hitters don't like hitting with cold bats. There's a lot I don't like about it. Yeah, it just feels really late. And I got it in 2001, you know, like that was a special circumstance. But uh, these playoff situations, I don't know. Yeah, Um, shorten the season back to 156 games and keep the longer playoff format, I say. That sounds right to me. Okay, so uh, how did we get here to the Cubs in the World Series for the first time since 1945? 45, yeah, yeah. And then they last won it in 08, right? Or was that the... Yes. Yeah, no, 08, because 19-08. you were 18, because Boston was 18. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, and and on the flip side, the, the Cleveland team, 1948 was their last World Series victory, but of course they've been in it a lot more regularly, I think, um, than, than that. Yeah. I mean, it's a story of everything really falling into place for the Chicago team, for, for the Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a story of the, that boy genius from Boston, Theo Epstein, laying out another blueprint for a long suffering franchise to, uh, come back around. And, you know, we're, uh, we've talked about in the previous two shows. Now we're on the other side of the steroid era. We're now, uh, th- this is a chance, I think, with 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 the Cubs team to rewrite a narrative for baseball. Also, baseball is a form of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Baseball is a way of unifying uh, people and cities, and um, 
uplifting narratives. Yeah, there's nothing quite like a World Series game coming to an old ballpark. Yeah. To make it look, I mean, you know, the Wrigley just looked overwhelmed for yeah. all of the games like <laughs> that were and and Wrigley didn't even have they were the 3, right? So uh, most of the games were in Cleveland. There were four in Cleveland, three in Chicago. Um, yeah. But Wrigley just looked totally oh, just stacked with people. And then, you know, the beauty of Wrigley is that it's a residential neighborhood. So you have the buildings across the street who also sell seating and stuff on top of their roofs. And so everything just looks packed in, yeah. in this World Series. Yeah. But the same thing for Fenway. Yeah, the same thing for Fenway when the Red Sox make the World Series period. Yeah. And Cleveland has a great fan base too, and they're diehard and devout. And um, there was a great atmosphere, I think, throughout this series for sure. Yeah. So this is a Cubs team that for most of the season just kind of felt like they were destined for this moment, which is not something that you would usually say about the Cubs. Mostly anytime the Cubs got close, they were kind of snake bit. Um, so the Marlins series is probably the most infamous, right? Which had the the Steve Bartman um, moment uh, and the total collapse of the Cubs in that series, and that was before getting to the World Series. So that was in the NLCS. Yeah, it, it was a really well built team. Um, they had a really good farm system. It wasn't mm-hmm. that they were leveraging their whole future for a single run. There was really a sense for the years leading up to that, that this was a real contender that was going to be around for a while. Right. And then the Cleveland team sort of caught folks off guard, I think, at how good they were. And speaking again of a Boston connection, you have Terry Francona managing a team. So he goes from winning a World Series for a long-suffering team to now managing in a world series for another long suffering team. He's in game seven and he's going into extra innings with the chance to win again in Cleveland. So you've got a lot of sort of long time kind of sticking with it. People here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a narrative here of of these franchises, these fan bases, um, these managers of really knowing what the game is all about and both clubs really trying to do it the right way, which is a real baseball concept, right? You do the game the right way, which is you're in for the long term, you grind it out, you stay committed. Yeah. He's the winning run at the plate, and you've got a base dealer at first in Rajay Davis. Decent move out of Montgomery, not a good arm, Montero. Curveball delight, look for the ball in the dirt, and if you think you've got the opportunity, steal a bag, because the odds of getting multiple hits here with two outs, although (laughs) the Indians have done it before. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! 8-7-10! So what did you feel in the moment when... Actually, why don't we just take the entirety of the game? Not necessarily when the Cubs win, but, you know, the bottom of the eighth uh, home run for Cleveland to tie, Mm -hmm. the rain delay 
uh, going into the tenth. Like, how did you how did you feel in this World Series? Well, I was uh, pulling for the Cubs the whole way. You know, as a Boston Red Sox fan, I felt like the Cubs were always our cousins, right? And so there was some uh, kind of a mutual uh, appreciation and support society. Yeah. Uh, good, good friend of mine um, who was a fellow teaching colleague here at the seminary, Micah Jackson, he's now the president of Bexley Seabury, is a uh, Cubs fan. So we were watching it together and the whole back and forth, back and forth. You know, it felt like, you know, the game that wouldn't end, whoever was going to win, right, to put the cap on a narrative for each, either team. Right? Mm-hmm. It had to be this way, right? You had to draw out... <laughs> One more inning. There, there had to be rain. Just felt to me like it was part of the narrative that just had to be. Full, full disclosure here. I'm a Yankees fan, which some folks would have would would take that information as, oh my gosh, what a, you've you've lived, you know, just sort of a, a gifted life <laughs> as far as a fan of life a O'Reilly. <laughs> Bit of a front runner there. But uh, it's it, it's important to remember that I became a Yankees fan in the 80s when they were no good at all. They were just terrible. The only thing that we had going for us was Don Mattingly, and that was it. And uh, and so the the Yankees sort of wins of the late 90s, uh, early 2000s were kind of a blip in my sort of Yankees rooting career. And, and even now uh, having rooted for a team that has not been to the world series in the decade of the 2010s or 2020s. That must be really disorienting for a Yankees fan. (laughs) Well, it just, it gets me back to my roots of fandom, which is, you know, there's something about this game that it's not a look ahead game. It's a, how are we doing right now? Kind of, kind of game. That's what baseball is. You know, there's a lot of sports leagues where you can kind of game out the playoffs. The NBA is maybe the worst of this, which is like you could probably pick the playoff teams for the NBA after about the second week of the season. Um, Baseball, there's just so much ebb and flow to a single game, let alone 162 games. That's like, you know, it's it's hard to know how it's going to play out and it's hard to forecast. And so there's something about, especially when you get to these World Series moments where it's tied going into the 10th, you just kind of live and die on every pitch. Like there's no thinking of anything to come in the future. It's just down to one pitch at a time. And And that's, yeah. yeah, Empty out your bullpen. You're going to throw whoever you need to for defense and worry about hitting the next inning. Right. It's all all chips in all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so when we're talking marriage, how does, uh, how does this idea of, uh, one day at a time link to our sacrament of marriage? Oh, one day at a time. I haven't even been thinking about it that way, but that, that is what marriage is though, isn't it? Right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking more about the euphoria of a fan base. That's finally yeah. rewarded. Yeah, for me as a Red Sox fan, 2004, running down to, you know, the the I was living in Somerville down at Davis Square where lots of folks were just celebrating. And does anything capture the you? Does any ritual, any sacrament capture euphoria of a fan base? And uh, maybe a wedding reception is kind of like that, right? Where yeah. everyone can really celebrate and people 
usually in church, at least in Episcopal churches, there's not a whole lot of clapping and cheering. Mm-hmm. But it usually is when the couple walks is walking back out the aisle out of the church after being married, right? So I was thinking first of marriage is one of those sacraments that celebrates, that captures celebration so well. Oh, absolutely. And it's also, you know, the thing about the Cubs runs the World Series is that all of a sudden folks started showing up in the stands that you had never seen before. Right. And boy, when you talk about the sacrament of marriage... You're talking about folks that maybe haven't set foot in a church like ever, or at least in years. Um, and there's there's something about it's it's not only a religious right, it's um it's a celebration of a people, a community, a family. You know, it's 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 just got so much more kind of tied up into it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like identity and evangelism, even for the church itself. It's just it's there's so many layers to it. And that's what I'm that's what I always think of whenever you see a team that's really got a fan base like the Cubs, like the Red Sox, make a run at the World Series. All of a sudden you get folks that are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited about this. You know, I want to be part of this celebration. I want to be. You know, it's really this thing about belonging and what what captures a sense of belonging. And a wedding can really do that. A game of baseball can really do that. Something like a revival can do that, like a rally, right? There's just different moments that can capture that for sure. And I went, you know, (laughs) I said something about, what was it, the day in, day out of marriage, which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not we've also married a while haven't we greg it's not quite the slog that that sounds like <laughs> two things though yeah marriage is work and you should put work into your marriage so i say that um right out of the blocks like you know if if you're if you're going into a relationship expecting it to be like the first day that you met uh for the rest of your life you're really setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations of your partner who's a whole human being in and of themselves. Right. So, but then the other thing is that there's, there's also something glorious about uh, the small victories of life and sharing that with a partner who's been kind of with you through it all. Um, And so, you know, the, the thing about a fan base, like there's only going to be one team that wins the world series and there's a lot of teams. There's 30 32 32 teams now in baseball Uh, there's 32 teams out there and only one of them is going to win and only one fan base is going to sort of get that chance to you know do the macarena at the reception afterwards (laughs) whenever Uh, yeah (laughs) um and so the ability to like say you know that's fine we'll get them next year like and have other people that will sort of you know commit with you to that kind of mentality that's important yeah. and that's that's what we kind of do i think when we're when we talk about this idea of joining ourselves to each other the way that christ is joined to the church it's this idea that we're we're here for each other no matter what in times of reception and times of you know all right we'll get them next year you know yeah i mean it's the sacrament of everydayness right and i think marriage really highlights that day in day out fidelity then someone's mirrors the fidelity that Christ has with us. So there's a reason why in the prayers for marriage in the Episcopal Church's Book of Common Prayer invokes that imagery from, I think, Ephesians of 
the church as the bride of Christ, even though we could really explore all the gendered parts of that. But the sense of, of in and out day-to-day fidelity, I think, is just a huge, huge part of marriage, any relationship. And, and, ba- and back to fan bases. I mean, this is a story, I mean, I, I think there's a, b- a big reason why you become a real sports fan is you want something that is both interesting and fun to watch, but that you're in it and you're in it with other people and you belong. Marriage ultimately is about choosing who you want to belong with. We could have easily talked about the Red Sox here, especially that win over the Cardinals. Was that 04? I mean, that was that was nice, but I mean, you have to admit to yourself as the Red Sox fan, it was the comeback from 3-0 over the Yankees that was the big. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that was the big the, thing. That was the purging of all of the psychological demons. I mean, in a way, Boston was undergoing mass psychosis from about 1999 to 2004, right. really finally once and for all beating the Yankees. It wasn't just the Yankees. It was the 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 1990s, 2000 Yankees, right? right? Which was such a juggernaut, which, you know, now I'm happy to admit, yes, Derek Jeter is a great baseball player. Great baseball <laughs> you player. Know, Rivera, Rivera was an outstanding closer. Yes, Roger Clemens belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, You know, the fact that Clemens was on those teams also was part of the sense of, like, betrayal, right? Right. Which, is also part of that like marriage dynamic, that relationship dynamic of the jilted lover, and uh, it, it goes on. Yeah, but <laughs> but all that is to say that I think I think the reason that this World Series stood out the most, and probably like the the lesson kind of going forward, like those were long suffering fan bases that got over the hump. But I think what makes 2016 stand out is that it's the Cubs, it's Cleveland. And it's two fan bases that have so much kind of history at stake. And yep. one of them's going to win and one of them's going to lose. Yeah. Yep. And one of them gets to keep living that fate and the other one gets to break it. So, someone's going to lose this game. And, and whoever lost that World Series, they would probably think to themselves, yeah, that's what it means to be a Cubs fan. Or that's what it means to be a Guardians fan. It's not, yeah. It's not, yeah. That's who we are. And some some folks will revel in that. There were tons of Boston fans who are like just totally embrace the idea that we we get we never win. We always come close, but don't make it. Um, we're gonna just live into that. And maybe that's for our next episode though. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so that, that we'll call it there. That's it. We've got the relievers warming up in the pen right now. Next up, we'll be talking about reconciliation through the lens of Sorry, Dan. Bill Buckner's error in the 1986 World Series. Dan, are you ready to take a heartbreaking trip to Queens? You know, I might need to lay down the old therapist couch here because I got a lot to process. All right. We'll see you next time.